Hey, it's good to be back with you. Thanks for being with us. And we uh, always pray we're a blessing to you. We're in Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. Um, referred to as God's Hall of Fame or God's Hall of Faith. Uh, in that chapter about all the people and what they did by faith. That's where we're going to be today. Let me, let me read these verses to you. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so he did not experience death. And he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was approved since he had pleased God. And then verse six. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists uh, and rewards those who diligently seek him. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you need to give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us, but you see me differently. I'm a teacher of your word, your preacher, and all means a greater and a more strict judgment. And I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. We're going to begin by learning about Enoch in verse 5. Uh, the Hebrew writer wrote that by faith Enoch was taken away, and, and we know the story. You can go to Genesis and find that out, that uh, he was 365 years old. He's a descendant of Adam. Uh, it says he communed with God daily uh, to the point where he pleased God, and the fact that he pleased God shows his devotion and his focus and his intention on pleasing God. And it said God just took him away alive. He did not encounter death. It's like it says that Enoch walked with God and, and it's just like he just walked on with him right on into heaven. So in, in Hebrews eleven six, since Hebrews eleven five is talking about a faith, the faith of Enoch that was pleasing to God, then the Hebrew writer goes into talking about what actually does please God. Uh, so in speaking of any pleasing God, we find out what pleases God himself. And I want to remind you of something in Hebrews. Hebrews is really a book of warning. There is a great assurance on who the Lord is. He's our high priest. He's the best, even though the book uses the word better. Uh, but Hebrews gives a warning for us not to drift back, no drifting back to our old life and to the old ways. And so what's pleasing to God is a faith that pushes forward, which is what faith does anyway. Faith moves forward. Look at Philippians 3, 13 and 14 for a moment. Paul wrote this. He said, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Or I pursue means I press toward that mark and the prize of the high calling of God. <clears throat> so I want, what I want you to see in those verses is there's a pushing forward, there's a pressing forward, and that faith is a picture of moving forward. So the Hebrew writer wrote about, in verse six, he goes, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Enoch, Enoch had a faith that trusted the Lord 
And it was a lifelong faith and trust in the Lord. Linsky, a man that I read in preparation, in preparation for uh, this sermon, he said uh, 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 that Enoch had a faith and a confidence that trusts the unseen. Uh, Dan Grider, who has spoken into our discipleship culture at our church, <clears throat> the word faith that is used here is pistis and then pisteo. Yeah. He says it's an all-in faith. It's a no-turning-back faith. Spurgeon wrote, <clears throat> faith knows how to please God. It's intentional, and it has, it has direction to it that he knows what to do. So the Hebrew writer said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the word impossible here means you're powerless to make it happen. You know, you and I think we can create a lot of things and make a lot of things happen, and we probably can. But you can't, you can't create anything outside of faith that will be pleasing to God. Uh, will not happen. You can't make it happen. It's just like peace. You and I can't generate peace. If we would, if we could, we would have done it a long time ago, but we can't. Peace comes from a person, and that person is Jesus himself. He's recognized as the Prince of Peace. So we're powerless. It's impossible to please him. It means we're powerless. I can't do anything outside of faith that is going to impress him or please him. Um, James, well, so we're going, okay, well, if it's faith, well, how come works doesn't make it happen? Well, James answers that, the book of James. It said, faith and works, they go together, but faith without, uh, faith without works is dead. Uh, they go together, but it's not works first, it's faith first. Faith produces works. They, they don't even stand on their own, they all come together. So anything outside of faith alone is not gonna be pleasing to God. So if it isn't works that pleases him, it is faith that produces works and gives God the pleasure of who you and I are. Um, back to Enoch for a moment and about a faith that pleased God and saying without faith it is impossible to please God. Um, it, it's, we're, we're talking about a focused life. It's not about a life when you occasionally do some things for God, right? Um, you walk with him like Enoch did in great devotion to our God. This is exactly what I've been trying to teach you as a pastor, even over since uh, COVID came into our existence and our world, our life, is be in the presence of God. That's why we have the Big Five as a daily teaching of our church and uh, the Hope Arrow as a weekly achievement in uh, working and working out your faith and sharing your faith with other people. These strategies are put in place, why? So that you'll have a focus and a daily uh, communion with God and a devotion to God. Why is that? Because it is pleasing to him. It's pleasing. And then in verse six, it says, um, now without faith, it's impossible to, f to please God for the one who draws near to him. And let's talk about that for a moment. Um, remember, we're moving forward. We said that earlier that Hebrews had a warning in it that you don't want to drift back. But faith has a picture of moving you forward, like getting us through the last two years and whatever, whatever comes our way. Um, I know of a situation where a person had two family members that just absolutely 
they absolutely passed away. Uh, they were preparing for one funeral and then another family member in that same family is preparing now for a second one all within all within one week. So faith is moving forward. It's, it's, it matches what Paul said earlier, I'm pressing going forward. It's I'm leaning in. Um, and that's what drawing near gets, shows us that we're drawing near to him. I, when I was preparing this sermon, I couldn't help but think of an old hymn that came to my mind. And I, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit gave that to me. And it is an old hymn written in 1898. And the title of it is called Higher Ground. Now, I'm just going to read through some of the verses here. There's actually six of them, so, uh, but they're very short. And I want you to listen to this, and I want you to listen to it with the idea of moving forward and having a faith that is pleasing to God and a life that you're, you're, you're living that pleases Him. It says, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm upward bound. You see that moving forward? Um, that Lord plant my feet on higher ground. Second verse, my heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismayed. We're talking about having faith here. Though some may dwell where those abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Third verse, beyond the mist I fain would rise to rest beneath unclouded skies. Above earth's turmoil, peace is found by those who dwell on higher ground. Verse four, I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caught the joyful sound, the songs of saints on higher ground. Verse five, I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I pray till heaven I'm found, Lord plant my feet on higher ground. And the last verse, and I will include the chorus here. Lord lead me up the mountainside, I dare not climb without my guide. And heaven gained, I'll gaze around with grateful heart from higher ground. And then I, I can see in my mind me attempting to sing this as I was a kid. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. What, what, I, what I wanted you to see from that hymn, that old hymn, was the striving of higher ground, the pushing forward, the pressing forward, the leaning in. I'm not drifting back. Though the world has all kinds of circumstances for me to get through, obstacles, stressful times, uh, suffering, I'm going, I'm leaning in. It's, he's looking for people that have that kind of faith in him. Remember we said earlier in a sermon you draw near to God, the scripture says, he will draw near to you. It's that picture of moving in. So two steps to pleasing God. One is, in the verse, it said you must draw near to him, you must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. So one of the steps is that know that God exists. There is no one like him, no other person like him. There is no other God before me and recognize that he is, that God is. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment, but he is a person. He is a person that has location and purpose and all those things and even his promises. So the first thing I've got to know is that he does exist. I got faith that he does exist. Secondly, is that he rewards or he pays back. 
he gives back. And it's really the picture that God is good to us. Uh, I want to um, I want to show you some things in Scripture that uh, I, I want you to be aware of before we go any further. The greatest payback is that he bought us back. Um, we're on the auction block, right? We're on the auction block in the enemy and and you know we're up there to be sold away to the highest bidder to be taken advantage of and to be used and even in the point of sinful slavery uh but the but god comes and he redeems us he buys us back i've got a story i want to tell you about that and on this mantle behind me in the on the fireplace you see a cookie jar i want you to see this it's called after school cookies it's the black and the yellow and that's a cookie jar from my childhood. My mom had that cookie jar, uh, and actually, I don't know when she got it. My older brother, he could have been a, a part when he was growing up too. My brother's 12 years older than me. But I distinctly, in the 60s, I was born in 1960, as, as much as I can remember, that cookie jar sat on the counter in our kitchen. And obviously, mom kept cookies in it. Cookies that she fixed and cookies that she bought. I was telling some people earlier that uh, I can smell it. I can still, in my memory, I can smell what that cookie jar felt like when I took the lid off of it. A little side note on this, mom would limit me to the number of cookies I would have. So being a t typical kid, I'd try to sneak some. And uh, what you don't know is on top of the, on top of this is a, there, there's a bale in there. You might can hear that. And so I often wondered how my mom knew I was stealing cookies, uh, and it was the bail. It took me a long, it took me a while to figure that. I'm not as sharp as some of you guys, but it took me a while to figure out how to pick that lid out and not ring that bail. Uh, because mom heard the bail, she would say Jeffrey Lynn, which was my middle name, and uh, I'd get in trouble. So when uh, when my when my dad passed away in 1990, and then. Uh, later on with mom uh but it was that it was it was we were selling things after my dad died in 1990 <clears throat> and i wanted that my, my brother had some things he wanted and i wanted that cookie jar because it reminded me of my home and my childhood and uh, my mom and my dad and uh, somehow that cookie jar got in, it wrapped into other things being sold. <clears throat> and so they had put it in part of the auction and they'd sold it to somebody else. Well, when I went to find where my cookie jar was that I wanted, they found out it was sold. And, and the guy who did the auction was a dear friend of our families and <clears throat> no, no problem there. But we were able to work it out where I got the cookie jar back. But I want to tell you something. I was willing to pay a high price for that cookie jar because of the memories that it has, it still has for me today. Obviously I'm using it, but here's the way I'm using it is I was willing, I wasn't going to pay any amount of money, but I was willing to pay a substantial amount of money to get that back. And I didn't have to because we were able to work it all out, but I was willing to. Here's the point. You and I are far more valuable than my mom's cookie jar. And God bought us back. You need to understand that he came and he paid the greatest price for your life in the very person of Jesus dying on the cross for us. So he has bought us back. 
when when I get into that he will reward us, I want to I want to substantiate that the greatest payment we can have is the fact that he has redeemed us and he has bought us back through the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about reward for just a moment. It says in that verse in verse 6 uh, you got to believe that he is and that he exists and that he rewards those who do seek after him. Matthew 6, 4 is a, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, giving here. And he says, so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. There's the word reward. Matthew 6, 6, we're talking about prayer. When you pray, go into your private room and shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, go ahead and say it with me, reward you. Look at Matthew 6, 18. We're talking about fasting so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, I want you to look even uh, at uh, Revelation 22, 12. The Lord says, look, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to repay each person according to what he has done. I wanted you to see that. Even in our giving and our praying and our fasting, the Lord sees us and there is reward that comes with that. And, and uh, if I talk about giving and praying and fasting, you're going, man, man, these things are going to take up a lot of my time and they're going to take me away from other things. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the point. You and I need to be drawn away for a whole lot of the other things in our life. And we need to spend time and pay attention with him like Enoch. It was a life that was devoted to God and he walked with God to the point he just walked him right into eternity without ever having to die. And it says that the, the, the promise is the reward comes to those who seek him. So our greatest reward is God himself. Don't think there's anything higher. Don't even get into the monetary value of it, even though I believe there's blessing there and scripture teaches that. But the greatest reward is God himself. The grace that he gives us, the mercy that he gives us, the salvation that we can have through Christ the abundant life that he promises, the eternal life that he gives as a gift, all the promises of God, and yet he continues to bless our lives. There's not much written about Enoch's life. It's really only a few lines. Yet there is much to Enoch's life, and there's so much to his life that he pleased God to the point he walked him right on into eternity. I pray that you see this today, the life of faith, and faith is moving you forward. You're going through difficult times. We all do. We all have. We all will. You go through difficult times. Keep your faith forward, pressing forward, having the confidence of who God is. And you got to believe that he exists. There is none other. There's no one like him. And then the two things are in pleasing him. And that is that he exists. And the second one is he rewards those who seek after him and diligently find him. Listen, look at Enoch. There's not a whole lot to look, but there is a whole lot to learn. And in that, of live a life devoted to God. Okay, thanks for being with us. I love you. We love you. And remember what we say to each other before we leave. Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. Okay, God bless you.